out of well, the four reality bombs I made, two of them were stolen. Wait, what happened to the other two? I'm sorry? Hey there, all you fine fellows. You're listening to Radio D&D. I'm James Landoff, the Dungeon Master, a.k.a. Mr. Mayor. Hi, I'm Stephanie, and I play Mirai. Hi, I'm Mike, and I play Marcus. I'm Casey, and I play B. I'm Ethan, and I play Zephyr. Now, roll that recap. Hey there, all you fine fellows. You're listening to 98.3 The Drop. Learning of Einstein's current whereabouts, the gang decides to visit him in Alcatraz, but not without preparing for the worst. B tells her dad, Bert, of their plans, and knowing he can't talk her out of it, he offers to join them. Mariah and Zephyr went to talk to Officer Lux, hoping to gather details on the security system of Alcatraz. However, on their way, Zephyr received a message from Speechless as she was being arrested and taken back to Alcatraz. In addition to finding Einstein, now they would need to organize a prison break. They reached out to their other contacts for assistance. Marcus asked Philip if he'd join them, and having no love for the MLE, he agreed. He also attempted to contact Ellie, who for some reason did not respond. They had only one of the powerful caster they were on good terms with, the retired god Anubis. Finding him at Evander's Forge, Anubis mentioned a demon by the name of Donda, who was currently imprisoned at Alcatraz. His claws were sharp enough to cut through the very fabric of reality, and if convinced, could serve as their escape. Their only other option would be getting past the gatekeeper, Terminus. With their team assembled, Anubis used the tuning fork to teleport them into Alcatraz, where they found themselves before the cozy country cottage, with Einstein waiting to greet them. Uh, can you can you do your best uh, Philip voice? Give me his voice real quick. Well, I uh, don't exactly know what we're doing here, but... Uh... You don't actually have to roleplay, I, Philip. Uh, no, 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 I can't wait to hear this. It has, it, please. <laughs> well, I'm not entirely sure what we're doing here, but... Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. All I know is that we're on an adventure. All I know is that we're on an adventure. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> I will drop it I don't at least a, double, a dozen times, but I will do my best to keep it up. I don't think I've <laughs> ever heard Mike do, like, a voice for a D and D character. I haven't. Uh, it's always been my own. All right. Enough procrastinating. Are you guys ready? Do it. Uh, so the scene opens up on the interior of a cozy little cottage home. We see uh, these frail hands lift a tea kettle onto a hook and push it over a front fire where it begins to start. Uh, steaming up. The camera shifts to Einstein's face as it sounds like, or it looks like, he heard something. A big smile comes across his face as he sighs and he says, That looks like Zahia. And uh, he will begin to walk out the door. That's where you guys appear on the massive stone bridge extending to this lush little cottage home island floating in the middle of this 
sky blue, vast open space with these white fluffy clouds. And descending down the cobblestone steps, you see the elderly gnomish man, Albert Einstein. I pull my gun out and shoot him. Yeah, no! that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> I said the last time, so we gotta gotta bring back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Mariah's just shocked. She's well, like slack John. There are more of you than I expected. Come, we must talk. Uh, and he begins gesturing up towards the cottage. You like <gasps> and then she turns around and throws up. Uh do you throw up over the, the stone bridge? Please. Yes. Yeah, you you lean over the stone bridge and and I, uh, I was supposed to say, am I tall enough? But I'm totally tall enough because Einstein's a gnome, so it's probably all fitted for him. Uh, actually, the stone bridge is not. Oh my god! So battle battlebee helps you up. Uh, you hurl <laughs> over the the side, <laughs> and uh, you just watch your your lunch disappear into the vast blue with nothing below. Yikes. Well, Zephyr's going to follow the, follow the gnome. Yeah, uh, Mariah goes too. Mm -hmm. I can't believe this is not a trap. Yeah. To be determined, I guess. Both Marcus and Philip will go in last. Uh, so yeah, you guys begin to walk towards the island uh, away from the, the bridge, which it contrasts greatly to the uh, design of the island. It's composed of this like straight cut cold stone, uh, very like Spartan. There's no decoration at all. And he's leading you away from the massive stone door where etched above says Alcatraz. Uh, as you guys begin to ascend the cobblestone steps, uh, you will see a comfortable looking cottage home. It's surrounded by greenery with a cobblestone path cutting through it. Uh, there are signs of wildlife with birds nesting in trees and colorful insects flitting about. In the distance, you can see gentle gray smoke rising from the house's chimney as the high-pitched whine of a tea kettle is heard. Instantly, you guys are, or some of you are reminded of that lonely little cabin you found in the old mines. And though this place is beautiful, you can't help but feel the feeling of isolation. Uh, you live. This is this is where you live, and it's in Alcatraz. Well, yes, yes, I know. It's complicated. Come, I will answer all of your questions once we are inside. I yeah, I think we have a lot of questions. A lot of uh, questions. He nods. And as you near the house, the kettle gets louder and louder. He reaches up to the door, going to open it. Does anyone do anything? Um, you're making me feel like we should. I don't know. I just, I want to know how everyone is, like what everyone's demeanor is. Are you guarded? Do you have weapons out? Zephyr uh, doesn't. Mark no, is ready I... to call Vera out just in case. I think Mariah is like on alert, but she's not got weapons out. Like this, 
Yeah. Feels weird, so, right? It feels really weird. Like, I think that she feels like something is definitely off here, mm -hmm. but she's not really sure what it is. He is just riding on Battleby. Kind of. I think she's just, like, taken by where they are. So she's kind of looking to where he's going, but she's also just looking around at everything. Definitely not prepared if somebody's gonna attack them, that's for sure. As you're as you're looking around, does anything about the scenery strike be as odd, considering who Albert Einstein is? What's the scenery again? Now I'm like, oh my god, did I miss something? It's just like a very serene cottage country home. Like with no technology and stuff? Not a lick of it. I think B is, she's thinking maybe he has his lab inside. But if it's not inside, she'll definitely be like, well, where's all your stuff? How do you do all your research? Like, where do you have a library? But she won't necessarily question the outside appearance until she gets inside. So he opens the door and inside is a fairly rustic, interior. He quickly closes the door, knocks a couple of times, opens it, and this time it reveals a massive arcane laboratory, too large to have fit in the seemingly mundane cottage home. Uh, you see inside there are tables of bubbling liquids and moving gadgets displayed all over the place. Uh, it seems he has several ongoing experiments. Uh, he gestures for you all to come inside. Come, come. B again is like, <gasps> and then she just kind of like holds her breath because she's just so excited mm -hmm. to like see all of his stuff. Yeah, so she would not have questioned the outside. Casey, you you missed your prime opportunity uh, to say the the famous line. I don't know if B would have wanted to. Oh, she okay. She'll walk <laughs> and be like. <gasps> It's bigger on the inside. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. <laughs> I inside him when he turns around? Yeah. Also, uh, what did I get for that 20? So for a nat 20, he is very amazing. excited, almost relieved that people actually came. Specifically that you came. Avi, uh, you rush inside. You say that. Uh, Albert chuckles a little bit and begins to lead you guys inside uh, where your ears are definitely clogged with the amount of noise from the contraptions going on. He leads you away to the sort of center of this laboratory where you see probably something that would uh, look like his most recent obsession. You see... Inside a little orb, the orb is comprised of some sort of like glassy, multicolored material. And inside, uh, there is a miniature tree growing. And as you guys get away from the noise, Einstein snaps. And as if there were like hidden panels in the floor, uh, they rotate and chairs appear for you all to sit in. That. Where should Marcus we start? 
Marcus and Philip would not sit. We'd just kind of find a wall to put our backs near and to make sure there's nothing behind us. Okay. It gives you a look like, you're welcome to sit. No one's going to hurt you. Yeah, Mariah will sit next to Zephyr and hold his hand. Bert will dismount Pepper, uh, pat her on the head and, and sit in a chair. Uh, you see, though he wasn't expecting so many people, some of the chairs are actually gnome-sized, as if they were tailor-made for you to sit in. Aww. Pizza's in Marcus's chair. <laughs> okay. I like when my feet dangle. Understandable. Well, you must have so many questions. Where, where should we start? Or I will look at Zephyr. Well... What exactly are you doing in Alcatraz? Yeah, he he nods like, okay, that's where we're going to start. Well, I didn't see eye to eye with many of the committee members of the newly found Tense Kingdom. They also didn't like the idea of a powerful arcanist disagreeing with them and going off on their own. So it was decided that I would be sequestered in my own pocket dimension. They let me fashion it to resemble my old country home. So, and he looks around the laboratory. This, this is a secret. You don't tell anyone about it. I don't think I'll be talking to any Tenth Kingdom officials about anything soon. He nods and smiles. I quite agree. Secondly, when the bomb went and I went with it, from what I understand, I was in the Astral Sea. Did you know that would happen? At the time, no. But you were not, you were and weren't in the Astral Sea, exactly. Sort of in, in between. Also, quick thing, did I say I meant chromatic sea too? Oh, um, yes, it would be the chromatic sea, not astral sea. I, I oh, keep getting my seas mixed up. I'm sorry. Did you ever look into the disappearance? We simply thought the worst had happened. But that changed. When the MLE came to me with concerns of an odd occurrence, a pilot who had appeared from 100 years ago. That being you. How exactly did I survive in there? Well, as I said, you were in an in-between kind of state, a limbo, if you will. When they first brought you to my attention, I thought it was impossible. But after several calculations and much thought, I came to one conclusion that you were caught between two realities existing simultaneously. Something that was thought to be impossible. So, while I was in there, or, well, maybe it was after, the Emily wants me dead. Why is that? Yes, it's that. Um, it would appear that your mere existence given time could prove evidence of this other reality where 
it is presumed that the Demon King still lives. He That's kind of a just problem. Just let you take that in for a second. <laughs> yeah, that that does seem like a like a small issue. You can understand why they wouldn't want that kind of information being let out. No, I do yeah. not think that warrants the murder of a wartime hero, though. So this other dimension where the Demon King is still alive, could that be the one where he just ended up after the bomb uh, went off? You do not pay attention at my lecture at all. He signs and ceiling. waves his hand as a uh, chalkboard uh, flips out from the floor. And he begins drawing on the chalkboard. Normally you have one dimension with other smaller ones that gets consumed. In this case, this new reality, completely identical to the old one, despite one fact, the Demon King still lives. But it was of equal size and equal magnitude to the previous one, so it did not get consumed. Instead, it got pushed away over a long course of time. 100 years, you could say, in the time you were caught between. When it was far enough, you came back. And it is very lucky that you came back to this one instead of the other one. But in this one, and he points to the other sphere, the Demon King exists in this world. Not exactly was sent, but the Demon King and everyone who was in our world is still there. There's another me running around somewhere. That's kind of unsettling. If you haven't died by now, that is. There's another one of all of us, then. What does, what's, what's Lux's demeanor when she says that? Is she like questioning or d disbelieving? Uh, it's more like curiosity. Yeah, Albert, uh, he, he nods, he says, yes, if you were in that world or if you had parents that were there, then yes, you would have been in the other dimension, the other reality as well. Oh, parents are kind of a requirement then. He nods. Zephyr just takes her shoulder. He just kind of shrugs a little. Okay, so then there's not another me running around. I guess I should be happy about that for not me. Means Very you're weird. unique. Yeah. Special. Like a, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said it first. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, uh, is he your girlfriend? No, that's weird. Why Why is Zephyr blue? I think it's one of, we, we have no idea. Because he was, we came. saw the pictures. He was human. He could have changed um, I... any color uh, of the rainbow, in fact. But getting infused with the amount of chromatic energy that you did, I'm not surprised that it had some mm, physical repercussions. You should uh, yeah. consider yourself lucky that it was <laughs> uh, only that that got changed. He kind of looks down the deck up like, you don't mean... <clears throat> he shrugs. You, you don't mean that, right? Okay. 
It's um, uh, definitely possible. There's uh, lots of energy in the chromatic sea. A lot of them unknown to us. Okay. Well, um, he'll just like summon up a gust of wind. That's what this does. If everything down there is fine, I assure you. Well, that is very well and good. You're really just gonna bring. You're really just gonna bring Zephyr out with all his friends and just make. make Talk about his dick. Jeez. I <laughs> assume that, perhaps, when you were infused with the energies, maybe some aspects of who you are gave preference to those abilities. Does uh does like Zephyr still wear his wings? on his jacket? Uh, it's probably like in a breast pocket or I don't know. I, I feel like he'd keep it close to him. So maybe he like sees the wings sticking out. You'll, you'll see his eyes look pointedly at that. Zephyr just kind of seems to mull over a lot that everything that he's kind of heard thus far. Summarize everything. I'm linked to a sort of bridge between this reality and another one. And because of that, the Emily wants me dead to hide the secret. Well, not only that, but latent inside you, there are energies from that's reality as well. Hmm. This is one of the reasons why I needed you to come here. Wait, why did you need him to come here? To collect a sample. <clears throat> what could you possibly need a sample for? Well, I'm not exactly doing this world much service anymore. Feels like maybe they don't need me as much as they did. So, I think that maybe I should go where I am needed. And with a sample of the energy from Zephyr. Perhaps this is something I can do. Well, I think that's really noble. Um, so what kind of sample are we talking? Like a, like a blood sample? Like a like a spit sample? No, no nothing's that, uh, that rudimentary. Uh, it'll be painful. Okay. It sounds like this could be painful. It sounds like it's going to be painful. What what do you what do you need? As I said, I just need a bit of his energy, his essence. But and he looks at you, Zephyr. I understand that this is you who are talking about, and of course you need to be willing. It won't <laughs> hurt too much, I think. I've never it's never been done on a human, at least. He means like my essence is he like also does that like draw visions back to the factory of like Mariah's soul being sucked up like oh. a bit a bit yeah <laughs> okay you, you, you say you say essence like it's his sense yeah i feel like uh Mariah's, like puts you in front rip. of a big purple crystal and grows a large beak yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Dark Anyone? crystal. Dark crystal. Yeah, dark okay. crystal. <laughs> I got you. I got you. 
Mariah's like death gripping Zephyr's hand and is like, I, um, <laughs> uh, I, essence seems a little like the, the whole part of a person, like, like their soul. Yeah, he, he shakes his head. I would just need a small sample, just a mere fragment. That's uh, all. I, I don't, I don't know. Wouldn't, wouldn't like, it wouldn't like make him unstable or anything. Yeah, he, he kind of like closes one eye and he says, Well, there is a chance that he forgets one minor detail from his past, but I forget what I had for breakfast most mornings. What, what if, what if he forgets, you know, like what if he forgets uh, B? Or Marcus, or Halo. These memories, important to people, have a way of lasting. Zephyr just kind of leans over to me and says, See, I could have made a snide remark there saying, I don't care if I forget about B, but I didn't. Well, you missed your chance. I care about you all. Well, you missed your chance. I held I back. Care about you. This is I restraint. Zephyr. Young lady. Zephyr. I care about you too. Ruffles her hair. That's up to you. I. So, worst case, I forget gestures to the room. Best case, I forget that I ate waffles this morning. Oh, what was the worst case you said? I forget everyone, in, and then he gestures to the room. Well, Just, no, nothing's that extreme. That but you know. He can't die. This won't kill him. Not at all, no. Okay. Oh, I, I don't like that. Quite. Yeah, you can insight it. Uh, with a seven, Einstein seems eager <laughs> to say the least. Oh, uh, okay. Well, she just kind of like nodding, looks at Zephyr, and is like, I mean, if this is what you want to do, then go for it. But how do we get out of here, Mr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, Albert? if you will. I'm sure this dimension, this reality, could use a lot of help. And he looks out the window at the long stone bridge to Alcatraz. I don't like your chances going through Alcatraz unless you have a way of getting out yourself. I don't like our chances either. But... I have a friend there. This reality is infested most likely with hordes of demons and still very much at war with the demon king. Not something I would want to go to. I can't send you back. There are limitations set forth by Justina. A question. Would you be able to send us back home if we go with you? To the other place? Given time, perhaps, but it may be a good long while. How long is a while? Because like, I feel like a while for a gnome is way different than a while for, you know, me or Zephyr uh, he does, or Marcus. He does the most, like, nerve-wracking thing a scientist can do. He shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> I... Mm, 
I don't like my chances either. But, uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we can just banish ourselves back home, right? That would not work. You would be in a different reality across the entire chromatic sea. Not something that mundane banishment can fix, unfortunately. Build the suits, go across the chromatic sea, come back home. It's fine. Mariah just looks like she's about to cry. It's fine. I understand that's not possible. But you've been there once, you've been there a million times, right? Uh, uh, what I, is I, what is Marcus doing at this point? Is he still just leaning against some table of gadgets and gizmos? The wheels are turning in his head, like he's trying to make sense of what's happening here. You know, the savior of the ten, ten Kingdoms is trying to get to a different reality that he helped create. Um, right. And honestly, if he's being honest with himself, he realizes that despite the fact that Einstein wants or at least has agreed to be here, he's still a political prisoner. And that's making Marcus wonder whether or not he's the only political prisoner that had been captured for societal, societal reasons. So he's kind of just mulling that over and letting Zephyr ask his questions and is kind of waiting for the opportune time to kind of ask that. Because at this point, he's not going to interrupt Zephyr's kind of flow. Uh, he looks at you, Zephyr. The first step would be, of course, getting the sample. Yeah, Zephyr is just kind of like, take your sample. He'll walk back over. Uh, so he'll he'll stand up and, and reach up to basically hold your hold your sleeve as he walks you over to a table. He takes some weird arcane device, looks to be a long sort of like rod with a pair of tweezers at the end, uh, and he flicks a button and he says, This will probably hurt a little. I I guess that. Uh, you see, like, a platform sort of, like, raise him up to the level of your, your chest, uh, and he'll, like, flick on the device as the tweezers start, like, moving back and forth, making a mechanical sound, uh, and he'll place it right at your, your solar plexus. You take one, one point of damage as he extracts uh, a bit of your, your essence. You did take the Echo Knight, didn't you? Yep. Immediately as you do that, uh, or as he does that, almost as if uh, subconsciously, uh, you summon your your duplicate, uh, which appears in the room. Einstein's eyes go wide. That was unexpected. Yeah, he'll he'll like raise his hand and like move around like a mirror, kind of you know, mm -hmm. like just look at it. That's new. Uh, as you're looking at it, Einstein presses a button on the, the tweezers. You see the uh, tweezers are replaced by a little suction cup, and he jabs it into the duplicate, which immediately gets sucked into the device. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, wow. Now there's only one handsome man in this room. Goodbye, other Zephyr. That was uh, easier than I expected, but uh, he, like, Taps the device against his chin. Hmm. Did not think that your twin, your other self, would 
appears like that. Very, very curious. Oh. So that was my other self? Well, if you think about it, you were in neither place when Zavam detonated. Thus, both of them are you. You would be the exception, meaning there is not another of you in the other reality, never. You're, you're taking the sample, right? Like, you, uh, you, he's just trying to, like, get, change subjects. He wiggles the device in his fingers. Yep. I already took it. Yep. Yep. Should, uh, go test it. That will require a bit of work, yes. But I have made preparations. You, I don't have to leave now. You all are allowed to stay, peruse the various devices. And uh, I'm not sure how strenuous it was to get here, but you, of course, may rest. You said you're not leaving now, so we could maybe ask you a couple more questions. Yes, of course. I will tell you any things that I know. What do you know about Nicholas Lamel? Oh, he like takes a deep breath. Um, not too much. I just I know he was a lich once. Mm -hmm. That he was immersed in the alchemical arts, but not too much beyond that. Do you know anything about changelings? No, those were uh, a bit of a myth. What Nihilist was in the world. I mean, what's... She's about to say, what's the harm? And then she realizes that there are two other people that do not know in this room. And she says nothing else. She just kind of shrugs, remembers that Philip and Bert are there. Okay. Just curious. That's all from me. Now uh, he'll look around to everyone else. Uh, Marks would raise his hand. I have a question or two. Yes. The reality thing goes way over my head, so I'm just going to let that go to smarter people. How familiar are you with Alcatraz? To be honest, I, I haven't seen much of it. My pocket dimension was merely brought in to Alcatraz. So the only bit I've seen is when they escorted me out of it. Unfortunately, you've planned to try to escape, though. I mean, we'd like to go home eventually, yes. I realize it was uh, an inconvenience for you all to come here. And for that, I'm very sorry. I did not expect so many to come. Is there another way out? Well, the way I plan to go is to take my entire dimension out of it and sail it across the chromatic sea. Something as uh, consequential as this wouldn't be barred by a simple teleportation ban. But 
That would mean that I take everything in it with me, including you if you choose to stay. Do you know anything about the people being held in Alcatraz? That they are either in my situation or they are dangerous criminals. Well, bar one. So the Emily hired an assassin to kill me. Problem was, she wasn't actually an assassin. More, she was more so adept at faking people's deaths, and she just, well, they didn't know that. So they sent her after me, and well, she's back in there now. Uh, we want to get her out. Will be very complicated, very difficult. But not impossible. And if it is, you should believe because it is. I mean, at this point, we've kind of done a little bit of everything. Kind of believe anything is possible. Met a guy from the sky from 100 years ago. And that's not even the weirdest thing. I don't know, it's pretty close, but... We're in Alcatraz, or in this pocket dimension, talking to Albert Einstein. And he knew your name, Zephyr. Like, your whole name. He knew exactly yeah. who you were. Also, how is Bean's dad taking the news that he, that Zephyr is as old as he is? Uh, he's just, like, looking at you. Uh, he's been, he, he's dumbfounded at this point that he's sitting in a room with albert einstein that the fact that there's two realities uh he has definitely popped a can of pabst by now and he's just kind of like sitting there a vacant stare taking sips every now and then he's gonna be super buzzed (laughs) when we try to bust out pepper keeps them nice and cool for me oh that's me one you'll you'll Yeah, Is it just like a you... six pack or like a twelve bird? Like, oh no, that, there's way more in there than just just twelve. It's like a vending awesome. machine. <laughs> Amazing. Why do you Why do you think one. I had to make pepper so uh, such a such a large size? <laughs> I think we all could use one. Yeah, he'll he'll pass him around, and uh, Albert will politely decline. He's, he skips uh, me. Philip, Philip definitely will partake. Do you have any orange juice? Yeah, I, I actually just pack some, and he'll take out uh, an orange juice and uh, two cheese sticks and give you one of the cheese sticks. Oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> the family that snacks together, I guess. Family that snacks together, naps together. Oh, a nap. Oh, good, right? Okay. Well, I don't want to go to the other reality. Mariah just kind of shrugs. If you remember when I said there was a fourth option, I was pretty sure no one would take. <laughs> I do think you said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was kind of like, I'm sure it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. You, guys, in, uh, in... you guys do go this route. It's going to be a short session tonight. Just a uh, heads up. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Hi, we'd like to go to the kingdom of hell, James. Yeah, All right, right. Thank you for joining us for our one hour um, session. Mm hmm. Typhon just looks up um, in the air. What the fuck? Oh my gosh. Oh, then we'd get to go like fight Lori. <laughs> Evil Lori. Again. We'd be like, again. I Good can't even imagine. I can't even imagine Mark meeting Marcus. Yeah, I... Mariah's like, well, I mean, I think our best option then is to break out of Alcatraz. Best of the worst options. Is uh, there a records room? Uh, that would be, if you guys look at the map handout I gave you, uh, that would be uh, in the key room. Uh, basically, the key room contains... Uh, not only like a bag of holding of the prisoners' belongings, uh, but also like records of their incarceration, uh, so on and so forth. I don't know about you guys, but I think we should at least get Speechles out. And I do want to see the key room to see if there's any other political prisoners in here. Yeah, I mean, it might be a good option. And we have... You know, perhaps try to get some evidence against McClave since it would really like to take the bastard down. Um, Best shot from the inside. Mm hmm. Be really nice. Would feel really good. I'm pretty sure Officer Lux would like it too. Hi, boy. Yikes. Of our dear warden, Professor. Do you know how I put this delicately? How much the God of Justice has sway over what happens within the MLE? Well, it's my understanding that she's at its head. She founded it. Oh. Just wondering if she's aware that our dear warden is using blackmail to use convicts for his, you know, assassinations. I have never met her personally. But if she is indeed the god of justice, that sounds very unjust to me. Agree. You know, have we could contact her? Uh, short of going to Alcatraz inside and shouting for her name? No. Gods have. I've not really seen eye to eye with them, really. Uh, wait, none of them? Wait, have you met any gods? A fair few, but. Uh, like me, they are uh, a little egocentric. But I think maybe great people have that flaw at times. I mean, it's, you know. Um, did you ever meet Navris, the goddess of secrets? I've definitely heard of her. Good things, bad things. All kinds of things. Well, I know she was helpful in getting uh, intelligence during the Demon War. Yeah, that, um, but that makes sense. I think she was more of a uh, double-edged sword while gathering intelligence. There is no doubt she also gained information about us, about the Alliance, 
and about the governments. You, you know, you don't think she's like bad or anything, do you? Anything good and bad is not very easy in today's world. I think. I think. I would definitely agree with you there. Or I just kind of slumps over. Oh no, we have to make so many choices. We go into Alcatraz. Are we not able to come back to the cottage? You do not know yet. Fair. Fuck. I would recommend that we, or some folk, uh, scout ahead to, where, to the gates of Alcatraz to see what lies ahead of us. Maybe get a lay of the land. Just to the cusp uh, before Alcatraz. Like, I'm pretty sure the gates of Alcatraz have some guardian, uh, perhaps. So, yeah, he's not going to try and sneak past them, even though I'm fairly confident he could. Uh, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm all for us, you know, relaxing. If we're going to take a, at least a short rest, Mariah will give you a bardic inspiration. If you're going to go scout, that way she can, like, sit down. So, how many people are there <laughs> are in the scene currently? Uh, it's up to everyone else. What What are you all doing? I'm still in Marcus's seat eating my cheese stick. Uh, Marcus would have asked uh, who had the invisibility spell and asked him to cast it on myself and Philip so we could scout over by uh, the entryway to Alcatraz to do that before we pass out. Yeah, Anubis has it at will. But I'm assuming at will means I can only use my second level spell slot. Uh, correct. That's correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll cast it on you, Marcus. I mean, I don't... isn't uh, self-only at will. Hurt also has invisibility. Would we take a long rest? Yes. Oh, invisibility is self-only. If Bert just upcasts it to third level, then... I thought I had it. I, I do have it through Instrument of the Bards, so... That prevents, if anything should happen, that prevents Bert from having wasted a third level spell slot. Uh, okay, I'll use it. I'll I'll do it once with Instrument of the Bards on Marcus, and I'll let Bert do it at at second level on um on a a a, a Philip. Bert and Marcus, you both turn invisible. Philip and Marcus, I'm uh not too sure how I feel about this. Uh, no one right. myself into. How about you? Oh, I uh, think we'll find out together. He winks at you, but you don't see because he's invisible. Fuck. <laughs> we just see those, like, voice mouth marks coming from empty air. So to answer your question, Ethan, uh, it looks like, Mark, it looks like we have Einstein, B, Bert, Mariah. Well, instead of a car, why don't we uh, get married? Yeah. Oh, and Halo, I guess, is here too. Oh, and I think Anubis oh, too. Right? Yep. Yep, they're all there. Too late, you're well, already marry me. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. 
Oh my god, if you get obliterated after this, I'm gonna be so mad at you. Oh, I love you. She just leans in and kisses him. What? Please tell me he just proposed with the ring of jumping. Yeah, what's the yes. ring? Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> the only ring he has on him, isn't it? He was. Yeah. She slides on the ring of jumping. This is perfect. Uh, it doesn't fit because you didn't attune to it. It's a little, it's a little, it's a, I got it. I'll put it on a different finger. You know what? Even better. She just well, like who's takes the last it. One to, who's the last one to attune to it? Because if it was Zephyr's, his was yep. probably be Probably bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it slides off her hand. She's like, you know what? I got it. I got a better idea. She just like unhooks like her necklace and um, probably the, uh, the, the unattuned. The unattuned, uh, what the hell is that thing called? The is the medallion of thoughts. So she just like unhooks the the you know clasp on the medallion of thoughts and she slides the ring on. She's like, perfect. So Bean's mouth is like wide open. V will come up. Hey, I'm really happy for you. I'm so happy to be. As she's gonna come up to hug you. Um, Are you sitting down? Um, what's how Zephyr was sitting or standing? I think Zephyr's kneeling right now. So, oh well, yes, then yeah, Mariah's standing. Yeah, probably. we will come up and hug your leg. Mariah will bend down and hug you and pick you up. Like I'm so happy. Oh, so happy, B. B calls a group hug. Come here. I'm really happy for you. Okay. Give, give me he'll, a hug. He'll join in. You ever been a flower girl before? Uh, do I have to wear a dress? No. Optional. You could, though, if you wanted to. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it. Bert whispers to Einstein, I have uh, never actually seen her in a dress. And he's, like, trying to picture it. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. And Einstein pats his shoulder. Dad, there's a lot I need to tell you about. Like this one time, Zephyr and Mariah tried to enroll me in a school and I had to wear a really nice dress and it was awful. And we pretended to be her parents. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, sorry about that. So sorry, Bert. So it happens sorry. a lot. You just like, yeah, I can, I can see the resemblance, I think. Not really. Yeah, I like your charm, Bert. Yeah. He nods. He just <laughs> B walks away and is just like even more stressed now that if what happens if someone dies. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can take a, a little bit of a nap, huh? I think I'd like that. It's been a long yeah. day. Yeah. Well, very weird. While you guys are getting ready to uh, sit down for a, a rest, Marcus, I guess you and Philip are going to sneak down to the bridge. That's correct. How much of the uh, like proposal did you stick around for? I watched the ring come out and said, I'm just kind of 
elbow fell from the ribs and backed out. Okay. So while you guys are like invisibly trekking down, can you make a perception check, please? Okay. For me or for Philip or both? Uh, from you. Well. Um, gave you a bardic. I did give you a bardic. I said that. Uh, though he's an invisible, you hear like him trying to stifle like a sniffle, and you see like water appear from like a water droplet appear from nowhere and just hit the hit the ground. <laughs> I whisper, "Yes, I, it's, I know it's beautiful. You might get invitation when we get back." What? What are you talking about, Marcus? Shut the hell up. And he's just going to storm ahead. (laughs) I watched the footprints in the sand. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys make it down to the bridge where you see this long stretch of straight cut, cold, gray stone extending to this massive slate door uh, with above the words Alcatraz inscribed. I try to keep eyes open for uh, anything that might trip us up, anything that, uh, you know, loose stone, anything that might give us away. It's surprisingly clean. There doesn't seem to be a pebble out of place on this bridge. And as you get closer to the door, you will realize there is no door at all. It's seamless, just this slab of stone of stone, do I see anything that might resemble a statue or a gargoyle even? Nope. Nothing of the sort. Alright. Is there any kind of mechanism that might reveal a door? Uh, Make an investigation or arcana check. Given the choice, I'd probably do investigation. That's 3020. There appears to be no mechanism to operate the door. I guess Marcus would want to slowly approach the slab. This is the only way he sees in, right? Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. Philip will he will knock on the door, presses like ear up to it. I'm uh, not exactly sure how things like this work, unfortunately. Makes two of us. Doesn't seem anyone wants to let us in. Alright. Well, maybe the professor might have an idea or something. From what you can tell, there's nothing on the opposite side of the the stone slab either. Like, it's just hanging there in empty space. Yes. Marcus would probably want to watch the slab to see if uh, anybody comes through as like, you know, changing of the guard or somebody is going to go from Alcatraz to this dimension to a different one. He suspects that Einstein's domain might be a way station between the two as kind of like a buffer. Uh, so at several points during the, the hour, you'll hear Philip, uh, although invisible, uh, sort of like shifting awkwardly. There's like a couple of yawns where it's clear he's bored. And, uh, he at one point says, you know, for traveling to a different dimension, uh, this really isn't what I had in mind. Oh, don't worry. What you have in mind is probably behind that door. I just need to figure out a way in. At that point, 
the hour will pass and the invisibility will wear off. Alright, well, let's go back to the cottage. Congratulate the newlyweds, or the newly engaged, and uh, take a rest. He'll, he'll nod and, and follow you back up to the cottage. Could get married, could have Einstein marry us in the pocket dimension. Legally binding? Not sure. Really cool? Yeah. Probably paperwork involved. Probably. So much. I think of all the nerds would be jealous. That's true. Like, at one point, as they're uh, just hanging out, uh, I don't know, Zephyr might be hanging around. So, Einstein, <laughs> um, bit bit curious. Like, let's just say, like, well, you know, if this doesn't go well, what would your last words be? My last words? Yeah. Hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. Well, I suppose it would be, uh, keep looking to the future. There's always more to learn. And as I said before, if it's impossible, believe it's possible because it is impossible. I think those are good words. I, I didn't catch it. You're speaking your native language. No, I wasn't. Was I? He looks at B. Was I speaking Gnomish? B's like, oh my god, he's talking to me. Y yes? He shakes his head. It's a, it's a joke to Einstein's last words. Um, we don't know what they were because the nurse who was taking care of him didn't speak oh, German. Zephyr actually does catch it because he does speak Gnomish. As, as Marcus and... Oh my gosh. I keep forgetting he's in the party right now. As Marcus and Philip re-enter the, the cottage, I think Einstein would be admiring your constructs, both Bert and these. You, uh, you made these yourself. I made I I made this one battle, uh, B will pat battle B. I um I made her with the help of my dad and our friend Shunwei. He hears the name Shunwei and he gets like a little bit of a grimace and these are like other Warforged. Uh and, and Bert sh shakes his head. No, um these are he looks at UB. These are special. Yeah. These are um, our steel defenders. These aren't warforged. Well, they are very impressive, whatever they are. Yeah, we work really hard on them. Battleby's my baby. B hugs Battleby's leg. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to show you. Um, she has, she has um, cup holders. She's got snack baskets. She's got like a trunk. B like opens Battleby's trunk. There's a lot of space in there. You could Yeah, I tried uh, really hard on her. Could potentially make it better by and then he like starts listing off like things you could do like ignoring regular size parameters by using a bag of holding for her normal trunk space. But he starts going off on this like long tangent. But then he like sees you hugging your battle bee's leg and he's like, But yours yours is very good. Still very good. Hey. Would you like to see something that I have been working on? Yes. Uh, he smiles and uh, will lead you over to the multicolored glass orb on the center table. Uh, just to reiterate, it is sort of like 
uh, this glassy material with inside a miniature tree. It looks like a maybe like adolescent oak tree. Uh, and you can see that it's like nested in a patch of earth inside. Uh, he, he gestures towards it and says, uh, this device is, I call it the chronologer. Uh, what does the chronologer do? Well, its purpose is to observe and manipulate the passage of time for the contents within. It keeps a record of the various states of the contents as they change over time. Would you like to try it out? Yes, what what do I need to do? Uh, he'll gesture to the orb uh, and allow you to touch it. Rotate it counterclockwise. See what happens. Okay. B will go up and rotate it just a little bit counterclockwise. Uh, as you rotate it, you will see progression of time as the tree grows to its full maturity in just a matter of seconds. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Can you put, like, anything else in here? Well, that gets a little complicated. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Now try rotating the orb clockwise. Alrighty. He rotates it clockwise. Uh, you will see the tree revert back to its adolescent stage, reducing in size. Really cool. How long have you been working on this? Oh, it's been uh, my brainchild for quite some time. This device allows you to observe on a much smaller, more manageable scale and see different ways that reality can be manipulated by adding, changing, or removing as a stimuli. Uh, so he will walk up to the sphere and rotate it clockwise until the tree reverts to that of a seed. Now, if I take the seed out and he reaches in, the orb slightly rippling as his hand enters, taking the seed out. Now, what do you think will happen if we rotate it counterclockwise? Nothing will happen? Yeah, uh, he rotates it and nothing inside grows. See, without the seed, we took something away, something from reality. Now that this never existed, didn't have a chance to grow. So this is applicable to our world? Oh, it would be very difficult to apply this to our world. This is on a very small scale, uh, you can understand. What other things have you put into it? Just this, for now. Well, that's really cool. Um, thanks, thanks for showing me. Yeah, uh, do you want to come see this ball? <laughs> uh, did anyone else uh, watch uh, the presentation Einstein gave on the orb? Uh, Marcus would have watched it, but he probably wouldn't have really grasped much of the concepts beyond go shrink and grow. Okay. Well, I mean, Marcus is smart, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, he's smart, but uh, just the idea that he's basically witnessing localized time travel. <laughs> the idea of localized time travel within a separate, uh, basically a reality within a reality. The implications of that is kind of beyond him. 
I think Rai watched from like afar a little bit. Very interested though. I don't know what she would say or how she would like enter that conversation. She she um probably has the wheels turning in like a very dumb Mariah kind of way. She doesn't know what could be done with that. She's she's very curious though. Uh, you'll you'll see uh, Einstein reset it and place the seed back in. Now I told you that this keeps track of the contents over time. What happens when there are unexpected or missing elements? Do you mean missing elements as in like if the tree was there and it was midway through its life and then you took it out and then it was missing? Or do you mean do you mean missing elements as in there are elements that need to be present that aren't that haven't like ever been there? What do you think would happen if I allowed the tree to grow, then took out the tree and tried to reverse time? Uh, it would break reality, wouldn't it? Ryan just like speaks up from the side. Uh, he shakes his head. You'd think maybe, maybe think that, but not exactly. Huh. If you, okay, so if you bring it to its midway point and then you take it out, but then you reverse time, what would happen? I think the tree would still be there. Would you like to find out? Sure. Yes. So you'll watch uh, as Einstein progresses time to that of when the tree is a small seedling uh, just beginning to sprout. He reaches in the orb ripples, and he plucks it out, placing it on the table next to it. Uh, this part is maybe a little dangerous. I'd advise you step back. He Marcus back takes a step immediately. Marcus would take, uh, take a step closer. <laughs> closer to the, the orb? Well, Marcus is like observing from across the room, so he's taking, stepping close to get a better look. Not nearly as close as when B steps back. So still okay. behind B. Einstein will, will stand a good 10 feet away from it and operate oh. it with a mage hand. <laughs> uh, you'll see him... He'll be moving, B will be moving backwards. Uh, you'll see Einstein reverse the orb by turning it clockwise. And though the, the, the plant is currently on the table, you will see from it and portions of the table around it, strips of color break off and enter the orb, making up for the material that was lost. Uh, when all of the material has been supplemented, you will see bits of the plant remain and a very fra small fraction of the table had been used. Uh, what the fuck? Kind of right. Oh. He nods. You were right. Yes. The tree is there. But, but no, maybe no, not but... the exact exact one. And it costs something else. Colors, the ribbons. They're like the like the one in the trade. Yeah, in the in the cavern with the Balthazar. Einstein gives you a confused look. There's there's this um room we were Mariah has like gotten up and is coming over. There's we went into this 
cavern and there was this room that was spherical and if we threw things into it, the things discorporated to these strips of color. Nicely. That is what happens to part of the plant and part of the table. Made a tree out of out of nothing, kind of. Not nothing. You just traded. Just traded. From one reality Would you to like another. like to see something else? Yes. Yes. What do you think would happen if there was additional material unaccounted for inside when I reverse time? It would probably shove the material out. We have colored ribbons coming out of the reality. Einstein looks very pleased at you, Marcus, uh, and is like, you are very close. We should watch. Uh, this time, Einstein will progress time more to where the tree was an adolescent, and inside, he will place a single, small, palm-sized rock. Uh, he will rewind time, and almost immediately, the rock will disperse into ribbons of color as they exit the orb, seemingly vanishing into nothing. So, that was just what happened. That was what happened in the cave. Where do you think it went? Chromatic sea? No. I think it's still here, but it's just energy. Very close. He will reach into his lab coat pocket and pull out a magnifying glass, uh, handing it to one of you. Marcus will step forward. Uh, you take the, the small the, uh, small handheld magnifying glass. What am I looking for? Look around. So he put the magnifying glass to his eye and kind of look around the room. As you look around, maybe you thought they were uh, just sort of like dust particles or smoke from a nearby experiment, but you will see almost impossible to see clusters of miniature diamonds have formed in the air and are floating there uh, since they're so light right now. Does this diamond look similar to the diamond that we saw in the cave with the uh, with the big egg? Uh, sure does. Okay. Marks would just kind of mutter to himself and pass the magnifying glass to B. Takes it and we'll look around. Make the same observation as Marcus. What happens if you don't remove the tree, but you break off a branch? Same thing. That material had to come from somewhere. It'd need to be supplemented. Who who's a, is is who's around still? Uh, Anubis, Philip, Bert, Halo, Zephyr. Everyone. Everyone. Book a nap. I think. B would have probably told her dad to take a nap. No, that you are a changeling. Oh, okay. All be well, only because he, like, didn't know a lot of stuff and she felt obligated to tell him. I also don't think he fully grasps what the that concept. even is. Yeah. She was just like, my friend Varai can change her shape 
and she's this thing called a changeling, and I just, I need to tell you more things, because you get stressed out a lot. And he was like, oh, that's up the... Ah, jeez. Yeah, I think Mariah would just kind of, like, bend close to Einstein and is like, um, okay, so remember when I asked you about changelings? No. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one of those. Oh, are you? Yeah. It's kind of weird, I know. So it's not by magic, it's purely you. Purely me. And they made me in a lab or something. He was about to ask something, and then you see his mouth hang open for a second, and he just closes it. Wait, no, ask your question. It probably would not have been appropriate. No, 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 no. You can ask. It's fine. Uh, give me an insight check, please. Oh, okay. I got a 17. Okay. Uh, he had the same look on his face when he asked Zephyr for a sample. <laughs> Uh, just kind of. He's started. like, it probably would not be appropriate. <laughs> you want a sample? Is that what you're, you, yeah? Well, I considered maybe you've seen enough of labs, and now he's looking around his laboratory, unaware of how it makes you feel. It does I, not make her comfortable. I could understand that maybe. This was not the best touching for you. Uh, no. It's, it's uh, fine, though. What? You said you were made in a lab? Born in a lab? Yes. I actually... I don't know any about that, really. I, I was there. I was there. I don't know how I got there. And I don't have any memories of of it. They just they 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 fucked with my memories. So I don't I don't know. I was made there or born there or made made seems to be true. Yes, based off of the conversations I had with the Doctor Victor. Um, Regenesis. But, um, yeah, I, um, just, you know, there were a lot of them, I think, and, um, Breeded is, she's gonna, like, take out, I still have those things on me, right? The, for Genesis Infernal Spell Paper and the Warforge Infernal Spell Paper, and kind of show him and be like, it's kind of why I asked about Flamel. He'll look at the papers and, uh, Kind of like, he, he's definitely seen uh, the Warforged one, but I don't think he's ever seen the one on Homunculi. Uh, and uh, he kind of just like looks over it, gets like a concerned face, and he says, I see. And he's belonged to that flamel. Um, yeah. We think so. Well, found them in two different places. The Warforged one was at the Iron Heart Initiative Factory and the um the 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 homunculi one was at um a place called Regenesis. So yeah, that's where that's where I was. 
Yes. Someone broke me out. Yeah, they tried to make another one and it just, it didn't work. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have any recollection or anything of how, how I was created. I, I just was, I just was there. And, and then I had to get my form stabilized and I had to go to the chromatic sea. Zephyr came, but um, it's kind of a weird thing. He's silent for a moment. And, well, I'm, st I'm sorry, I don't have any information on this female, but I understand you might feel conflicted with who you are. They may have made you, but they didn't make who you are, I think. I think you're right. Good to know that you're not like making people here or making, yeah. I am a he person. Walks over so. to another experiment and pulls a curtain. Yes, very good. Not to know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Einstein. <laughs> not again. Oh, you uh, scamp. Yeah, she just kind of nods and is like, "Yeah." So, I mean, hey, you know, I I guess if if you want a sample, I can close my eyes and. You see, he's tempted, but he like closes his eyes tight. It's like. No, no, it's 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 fine. I don't I don't need a sample. You're you're okay. No. Thinks about it really hard. You can just let let Zephyr hold my hand. So and I won't look. I, I don't really like needles, but you know, I gotta get shots and stuff, so uh he looks at you, Zephyr, and she's like, she said it was okay. <laughs> I'll be I'll be okay. Albert Einstein. What am I gonna yeah, just know? Fine, he'll just hold her hand. He will do the same thing he did to Zephyr. Same thing, you lose one point of HP. The only difference is a duplicate of you does not spawn. Uh, and instead, the material goes directly into the device. This is so weird. Okay, right. but I do hope it helps you, Dr. Einstein. At least know that I did some good for somebody. He, he looks at you, he's like, are you talking like you're gonna die? <laughs> yeah, God, she's a little scarred. Mm -hmm. Mentally, emotionally. Over his mouth, she does that. He will clap his hands and you will see a series of beds fold out from the floor of various sizes for various sized people. Uh, there is a massive one for, for Philip to lay in. <laughs> Oh no no! Dibs on Philip's bed. What? No, you you can't. I I need something that I called Dibs first. No, it's okay. You can have it. I recognize that I don't need that large of a bed. Battleby does. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, it, over my dead body, the robot's gonna get my bed. Oh, you wanna go right now? Arm wrestle. Starts twirling his guns. I mean, oh, uh, arm wrestle. Yeah. Uh, arm wrestle. Oh my God. <laughs> you can't shoot me. I'm a kid. <laughs> Are you going to arm wrestle Philip for the bed? Do it. Do it. Do yeah. it. B runs up to Mariah and like gestures for you to bend down so she can whisper to you. Yeah. She bends down and like puts a hand on your shoulder and is like, eh, do you need some uh, inspiration? Yes, I do. Farther. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And B's gonna give herself guidance. 
Uh, Mike, would you like to do the honors? An athletics check from B and Philip, please. Dad, just watch this. I'm gonna make you proud. B pulls up her arm sleeve. Well, she doesn't even have a long arm sleeve. She acts like she's gonna pull up her long arm sleeve, even though like she doesn't have one. Right, here we go. Oh my god, a 25. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> oh no. Wait. The <laughs> okay, uh, so no, total. B gets no an mercy. eight. <laughs> no mercy. He slams your your hand onto the table and he like laughs. Ha ha, now B, I get the bed. And he, he's Now gonna... B, B starts crying and acts like her arm's broken. Well, I I didn't break your arm. No, you. Daddy, Dad. Uh, B, jeez. Uh, he'll like go to cast cure wounds on you. Dad, <laughs> you don't have to. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just want you to get mad at Philip. Wait, you're not actually hurt, B. No. He's fine. I mean, my pride hurts. Yes. Well, okay. um, <clears throat> I'm getting the big bed then. B goes to shake his hand. Good game. I good game. Uh, is there anything anyone slowly wants walk to over do? to her small gnomish bed? Mm-hmm. And holding her arm that just got probably thrown <laughs> on. <laughs> he probably slammed her on the table. <laughs> uh, Halo's giving Philip a disapproving look, and he's like, "Well, if you if you let kids win all the time, they get soft. They think they feel entitled to the world. You gotta." Gotta show them they can't win them all. <laughs> uh, Halo will slowly shake his head. Oh my god. B has no issue with Philip going ham. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is there is there anything anyone wants to do before you guys settle down? Marcus wants to have a little chat with Einstein and ask him questions about his happy little colorful ball. Professor, can I can I reach in there? Uh, he gestures. By all means, of course. Reaches in and snaps the top of the tree off and leaves the piece in there and steps back to his previous place and says, can we go forward in time? Uh, he, he nods. He will rotate it counterclockwise. As you'll see, uh, the limb begins to decay on the ground. Now, can you go back in time to before I broke it? Uh, he will rotate it clockwise. Uh, you will see the decay of the branch undo itself. As it gets to the point where you broke the limb, the material will readjust itself to be back where it was before you broke it. Go forward in time again. Uh, you will watch him rotate it counterclockwise again, and having no other stimuli involved, the tree room will remain intact. Fascinating. Are there any other questions you have about this orb? It, uh, you seem very curious about it. The implications are terrifying. You have a living thing in there that grows, and I destroyed part of it, rewound it and it's good as new what is this bubble did you create another reality uh he like closes one eye and looks off into the corner and he's like mm, not 
I mean, it's hard to say. It might be a reality on its scale. But in comparison to us, nothing close. So the only difference is perspective. I guess you could say that, yes. For all as we know, there isn't some huge hand manipulating us. Not that I know of. Where I was going with it. Where were you going with it? Oh, that we've personally met beings from the chromatic sea. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that our linear time isn't linear for them. If these are creatures that can live in the chromatic sea, they must be quite durable. Are definitely not of this world. Well, let's say they're from a different reality, I guess. Perhaps. Mark is going to shake his head and uh, say thank you, and uh, he's going to try and find a bed. So you guys get your long rest. You can recover any spell slots. Uh, nothing untoward happens in Einstein's, Einstein's domain. Einstein nods to you all. But I suppose this is mutually beneficial, since that my exit will be your entrance. Yes, so. Are you ready? No, but I don't think we really have a choice now. Well, I mean, I guess we do have a choice, but we don't really like want to go there. Yeah. Um, Einstein, it's been a pleasure meeting you. And she'll hold her hand out for like a handshake. He'll extend his elderly hand and give you a handshake, saying, I couldn't do this world much good, but... Maybe I can in the next one. You did a lot of good. I'm sure you'll help them just like you helped us. That's debatable. <laughs> Out of well, the four reality bombs I made, two of them were stolen. Wait, what happened to the other two? I'm sorry? I'm sorry, there were four of them? Wait a minute. You made how many? You can see why I don't trust See people in this world to do good with them. <laughs> Wait a minute, you buried the lead here. What do you mean there are four of them? Well, when I made the reality bombs, I made four of them. Two of them were stolen. Thankfully, one, as far as I know, is still under lock and key. Where? All right, Joseph, we have an empty quiver. Where? where, where? Lock and key where? The archives. What archives? The Arcane Archives. Where, where are those? They're in the Upper District, of course. Hey, Einstein. You know someone named Ellie? He'll make a history check. Oh, okay. He's good at these. Uh, I'd say 16 or higher, and he knows who it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he nods. He says, Ah, Ellie, yes. She provided many potions to the, the war effort. We forgot to tell you something. It's probably pretty important here about the two different, the other reality and stuff. So we saw uh, like two hearts of the reality. No, you the twins. saw one. 
what well, sorry rewind we saw one heart and we heard about the the twins and the and the consumption and one would overtake the other and ellie was trying to harvest that so she could live forever kind of Gowls a little bit i've never heard of the heart of the world I think maybe mortals should not be meddling with that kind of thing. I would agree with you on that note. Tell me. There's not much I can do at this point. Well, that is true. But what you can do is tell me, does she have access to the arcane archives or did you know if she did? And how do we get access to them? I think access would be nearly impossible, but he looks at you guys who are currently standing in his pocket dimension in Alcatraz. If I know anything, that maybe it's not impossible for you. But if you were to go about it the right way, you would need to become government officials, background checks, the works. Where I just kind of like bends to his level and is like, uh, let me tell you something about us. We never do anything the right way. It's always the absolute wrong way. A hundred percent. I got arrested trying to meet you, you know, so. Well, you did end up in Alcatraz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. And I might get stuck here for the rest of my life. There's always the demon world. (laughs) There is always the demon world. I mean, technically, you could kind of chill out here and see if we make it or not. But like, you know, I don't think you're going to do that. So Uh, that's the thing. Uh, The only way for you to get out is for me to leave. How'd they? What? What? Unless you're just hoping the MLE pays me a visit. That would be convenient, wouldn't it? Highly unlikely, though. Completely unlikely, though. What did you say? Believe in the impossible? Hmm. I that's if you have something to do about it. If you're relying on others, it becomes more impossible, I think. That's fair. That's totally fair. Listen, relying on ourselves even has... You know what? <laughs> Have fun in um, alternate world where the Demon King is. I'm. That does not sound like fun, you know. He nods. I enjoyed meeting each and every one of you. But mostly and... Zephyr. Yes, especially Zephyr. But as I'm leaving, I be- will be very sad to leave this world. This was my home. But, and he gives like a, a sweet smile. I think I should be where I'm needed. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. People didn't really deserve you here. But if it wasn't for you, I would have never met him. So I'm happy about that. So, like, Open up her arms and give Einstein a hug. Uh, he will, with his like frail little gnome man arms, give you a, a 
a small hug and pat you on the back. So at least I can thank you for that. Be safe. Make more bombs. I don't know what you're planning to do, but um. He shakes his head. No, not making more bombs. That was a huge mistake. Well, debatable. (laughs) It looks over at Zephyr. Oh, he's right. It was. Ah, but if he hadn't made the bombs, you wouldn't have met me. Uh, well. Catch 22. Regretted ever since I've done it. Can't go through life or the rest of your life with regrets, so. We'll take care of things here. You take care of things over there. Uh, and with Deal. that, he'll give you all a slight nod. You uh, may want to stand as close to the door as possible when I leave. I think we'll do that. Marcus would walk over to him and go to shake his hand. And uh, he'll give you he a would shake back. Kind of under his breath so that he could hear it. Marcus would say, I believe because it is absurd. And then he would release the handshake and then walk towards the door. He, he hears what you say and you feel his grip on your hand tighten ever so slight. Yes, this is it. He, he nods and he says, I am terribly sorry for what I put you through, my boy. But if you are here now, I think it's because you're needed here. I am here now, so that's what matters, I suppose. And he'll look back at your large group of friends and give uh, a sweet smile and, and say, I'm just glad you've found friends here. That's kind of the funny thing is you can never have too many. Be careful when you're... Uh crossing it can get pretty hairy in there speak from experience yeah goodbye Zephyr Wesley Dr. Einstein no. I hope you get your plane back well maybe left something let it go you say that and he sighs a deep breath knowing the world he's leaving behind I'll just Two fingers saluting back off. So having to get the, the last word, uh, Philip will walk up to Einstein and say, well, me and my gang will be uh, shoving off now. So, uh, and he'll tip his hat. And Einstein will look confused at him. Yes, well, have, have a good one. And uh, Philip will follow everyone. Thanks, Philip. Uh, So you guys leave the cottage house and begin your walk down to the stone bridge. Yep. As the door closes, uh, you'll hear uh, the sound of various contraptions coming from within the cottage uh, as you feel the island you're standing on begin to shake. I'm not ready. No, don't love this for us. Uh, Maybe it's best we get a move on and uh, Philip will engage in a brief brief jog towards the door he would be the one that does that first (laughs) yeah he really would be he's like oh hell no not the magic bullshit where i just grab zephyr's hand come on 
So you guys get down to the stone bridge and start nearing the door. As you will see, the island at the center begin to crumble away. Not only that, but pieces of the blue and cloudy sky, as if they were simple sheets of metal, will begin to fall as well all around you until the stone bridge itself begins to crumble. You hear the loud sound of cracking glass as the realm around you seems to shatter. And in the island's place, you see a massive construct of different mechanical bits, all sort of connected to this large glass dome. And beyond it, you can see the chromatic sea in its rainbow array of colors. Uh, you see a cockpit emerge from the center of the island where Einstein is barely visible. Uh, you guys get to the door as the bridge collapses and he gives Zephyr and all of you a two-fingered salute as the orb breaks away from Alcatraz, taking the door with it. You guys see it crumbling in around and have just enough time to make it inside as it's replaced with solid stone. And you guys are now officially in Alcatraz. Thanks for listening to another episode of Radio D&D. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Radio DD Pod, And make sure to check out Drawforth Arts on Instagram. They created our podcast cover art and did an absolute amazing job. If you liked what you heard, please rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Hi, I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Plain Ethereal. That's P-L-A-I-N Ethereal. I'm Ethan, and you can find me at my Twitter, at Badger underscore D, N as in the letter D. Join us next time on Radio D&D. Maybe we should have gone with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. yeah. Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Yeah, I mean, we can't go back. We just, yeah, we literally, <laughs> we literally cannot go back. and cannot go back now. <laughs> I have no idea if we fucked up, but I think James loves this. Oh, I'm loving this for you. I, I in no way thought you guys were going to the kingdom of hell. The option was there. It would have thrown off the campaign a whole lot, but the option was there. You're, you're telling me that us leaving the active reality where this campaign takes place might actually hinder the actual campaign? Yeah, yeah, it might. Plus, you can't just abandon the plot thread and go somewhere else <laughs> to a completely different setting. And ask if we can easily come back like it's no big deal? Yeah, so banish, banishment is for, like interdimensional in in reality dimension so you've got realities and then different dimensions in that reality 
Damon Banishment just lets like... you go go back to the original in that reality, but once you're out of a reality, you're you're screwed. Yeah, James is oh. like, oh, you guys thought you thought you could get away this easily. <laughs> you you thought you could go to Kingdom of Hell and just have Anubis poop poop poop. No, James is like, absolutely the fuck not. 